0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: I'm talking about straining for that
0: logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes,
1: sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God, I'm here to strain with you. Let's go!
0: Everything you got! Straight we're with going
1: everything going you got! Let's go! On three. One, two, three. We're we're we're
0: You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the uh, Tackle with John Fina show. My name is Joe Miller, and that bright-looking, handsome man next to me is none other than John Fina. This show is brought to you by Q Forty Two Barbecue, and we're really excited to have them on as a sponsor. John, how you feeling?
1: How am I feeling about Q42? How
0: are you feeling about this football game? We'll start with the football game. I'm wearing black because I'm in mourning. That is not true, but I just happen to be wearing it. Yeah, I'm
1: wearing Eddie's infantry because I'm feeling uh, optimistic about good. young Eddie. <laughs> Very good. I'm trying to feel optimistic. Uh, I'm a little uh, scarred from uh, the, the result of last night's game. So I'm, I'm still getting over it a little bit, too.
0: Yeah, you gave me a ton of confidence uh, before we're getting started kind of early just because you texted me at halftime, and you're like, are you nervous? And I was like, a little bit. And you're like, I'm not. And that I immediately went back to the Steelers game last year when you texted me at halftime, and you're like, the Bills got this in the bag. I was like, John knows something. He knows
1: something. So I was like, I feel better now. Well, McDermott's always <laughs> texted me the game plan and the move, so I do have kind of an inside look at what's happening
0: that's hysterical so that's,
1: let's sean thanks sean
0: let's uh so let's let's just welcome everybody one more time the off tackle with john fina show on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network excited to have you guys with us as we're going to talk about this buffalo bills versus titans football game where the buffalo bills lost to the to the titans 34 to 31 And what was a very very hard fought football game it was a I, for the rest of america this was a great football game right
1: yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the NFL has been incredibly exciting over the past few weeks. I mean, the number of overtime games that went on this weekend, mm. uh, it, it even I think by and large, the teams that were favored to win, win did win most of the time. The games are great. Uh, yeah. The NFL is putting a great product out there, I think, for the most part.
0: Yes, and uh, I would agree, too. A lot of the primetime games, which normally are stinkers, have all been really, really good. A lot of overtime games. Oh, yeah. A lot of back Sunday night games have been incredible. Yeah. Yeah, they've been super, super good. So uh, as we said, do you have that read by chance? We might as well, let's, let's let's do the read. Uh, so we are brought to you by Q42 and, and John is going to do the read tonight.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to do the read. Hey, Grills Mafia, let's talk about Q42 and their authentic barbecue sauces. First, there's the KC style sauce, which is totally fine. Slather on your barbecued ribs at the tailgate before the bills dominate on Sundays. And then the Carolina inspired mustard sauce. I love this one on chicken. To be frank, I had it before Uh, Iman gave it to me. I really enjoyed it and sent him a little video message. So if you're looking for an endorsement, then my friend is a real one. Just like both of these sauces are made with real ingredients, just like real Western New York honey made by real Western New Yorkers, by the way. Get some today for your next party, family dinner, or Bill's tailgate. Order at Q. 42 barbecue.com. Make sure you use the, uh, sweet Fina show code and get 15% off your offer. What's that?
0: I'm pointing it's, at the Fina show thing.
1: So, oh, it's right down there. Yeah. Right. Okay, sorry. I got it angled that way. Yeah. So it's a uh, Fina show. It will get you 15% off your order. It'll be worth it. Uh, you're going to be supporting the uh, local Western New Yorker, which I am always a huge fan of supporting local business. And Iman's
0: a great guy. Iman is a good guy. And it, and it's the cool thing about this, in case anybody missed it prior to uh last week or when we talked about it last week, Buffalo's on the 42nd parallel. So that's where the 42 comes from. So Q barbecue 42, the 42nd parallel, which is kind of neat. But uh I actually used it last night. So uh I got the rub and I got the sauce, the KC sauce. We put the uh the 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 rub on the chicken first. I and I grilled it and then put the barbecue sauce on it. It was it was freaking fantastic.
1: Yeah. yeah, I got I just got my delivery and things have been a little crazy around here. So I, I'm going to plan on putting it out and like take some really like sexy shots, you know, Yeah, yeah. and uh, post that to my social media. <laughs> yeah, if good. I knew how to, inst- how to use Instagram, I'd put it on that too. But I clearly have no ability there. So you'll see it on Twitter.
0: Like you said, we'll wrap up the Q42 segment with this. Uh, it's good stuff, and he's a good dude. So, yeah, uh, if, you, if you're if you interested in uh, trying a new barbecue sauce or Carolina sauce, which that's really good too, uh, go to q42barbecue.com or bbq.com, put in Phoenix Show, 15% off, you'll enjoy it. And we've, a, we've actually had, even from last week, we've had some listeners order it up, and they've enjoyed it, which was really, really cool. So let's talk about this football game. And I suppose we're going to start where we always start, which is, you know, effectively uh, – just our thoughts on the game. And and the point of the thoughts in the game are this, it's just what we thought was going to happen, our expectations of the football game, which wildly were different than what we got uh, versus what we did. End up getting, and I would say this, if anybody has a question for John, uh, we'll do our best to get to it. If you super chat it, I'll absolutely get to it. Uh, but feel free. If you've got questions about a play, if you've got questions about something that happened whatever you just want to ask a question in general we will get to a couple of different film clips uh we're going to get to more and more and more of those every week as the season goes on as we're just kind of still figuring out how to do the video clip thing but what were your thoughts on this football game
1: well you know i think with this football team we expect to win every game you're not going to win every game right. uh, so you, we all agreed on that i listened to your great pregame show with the fellas uh, and you know what I thought was a really cool segment you added at the end is we always talk about what we have to do to win, but never about what they have to do to beat us. Right. Which you know was a cool twist thinking about it in that direction. Frankly, I, I my thoughts in the game. You know, the two disappointing aspects of it were our you know our quarterback play and our defensive line play. Um, but I, I I didn't think they were going to lay down. Uh, there's something about playing down there. I'm not going to say snake bit, but it doesn't matter they they're, they're going to fight hard it's mm. like a divisional game usually i mean mm. the games that you know you guys remember from the days past playing miami even the jets um you know they they get up this game is is it's it's not a lock yeah so yeah. i expected a hard fought game and we got it
0: yeah it, it, for me and, and we've talked about it before the the game from your era or the teams were the chiefs and the, and the Steelers and you always talk, you've said several times that the Steelers were different because Jim was always a little more nervous being the team that he grew up loving. but it seemed like the chiefs and the Steelers just always played us that way. we I mean as much as interdivisional games, you know the Jets, the Colts back then uh you know the Patriots and the Dolphins were always hard and they'd go back and forth. It just seemed like the chiefs and the Steelers were this Titans team for us like every team seems to have, have a nemesis outside of the division and it, it looks like that titans team is kind of that there's a you said it a rivalry building
1: yeah and you know i think that uh, everyone in bill's mafia has to remember now I, I remember when i got to buffalo you know it was like you had a target on your back that was it mm-hmm. you know everybody wanted to be the giant killer so you were going to get their best game every game out and you we have to start approaching this the same way because mm-hmm. our team is good highly ranked powerful offense so you're going to get the best out of every team now Obviously, you know, we clobbered a few teams, but teams that have good coaching, good players and are resilient and have a history of winning, especially recent history of winning. They're always going to be able to kind of tap into that. Yeah, uh, we knew we knew it was going to be tough. I mean, few people called for blowouts, but, you know, I don't think I made any predictions. So now I'll predict going backwards that it's going to be really close.
0: <laughs> I. Yeah. Uh... That game was strange for me. It, it definitely did not come out any way that I thought. At one point in time, the week before, I, I said I think the Bills could potentially put fifty on them in that football game because that defense was just not good. Uh, to the point, and they're injured. They're riddled, riddled with injury last night in that game. At one point, they had three healthy defensive backs. Which, when you're four deep at wide receiver, you've got a weapon at tight end and a quarterback that likes to chuck the ball over the field. You think that that's big time advantage, Buffalo Bills. What's wild about it is I, I. I I honestly believe we could have got the game that we all thought had the Bills scored two touchdowns on those first two drives. You you start you're halfway in the first quarter, fourteen nothing. That game is totally different.
1: Totally different game, and additionally, I mean, you think about it that that's the two red zone drives that ended in field goals, and beyond that, I mean, they had a, a few defensive plays, but they weren't marvelous on defense. Mm-mm. No. They didn't do anything fantastic. Uh, they, they caught basically what ended up being a punt from Josh's interception. Right. But, you know, and we did score a reasonable amount of points. We just, we didn't behave very well defensively. We We put ourselves in a bad position with that pick. Yeah,
0: it, well, it, it, that was so. That was what that was Spencer Brown, right? So Spencer Brown allowed his guy, uh, and I, that I don't have video clip of that. I, I should have queued that up. Um, yeah, I was
1: curious. Um, I watched that play a couple times, and he just short armed the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're pass protecting, we talked about this this extension. You know, this like eighty percent arm extension. And if you go back and look at that, his outside arm, his right arm, was really soft, and he ended yep. up giving yep. the edge quick like that. You know, he's got those long arms. Even if he misses at full extension. He's got a better chance to recover, or at least make the guy run the run the hump a little bit harder. And right. he he was able to collapse it and turn that into a short angle, and that affected the obviously affected the throw. It's probably his worst play of the game, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, um, you know that's. You know, we'll get into benefits of a bye week later, but you know that 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 was a big play for him.
0: Yeah. It, it... And as entertaining as that football game was for people around the country and pretty pretty much everybody, but Bills fans, you know, it's weird to me because the, the game was never it was never out of reach for us. And, and in fact, there was a point in in the game where we could have put it away and been up by two. Yeah, I really felt it. I really felt it. And all and we've heard Josh Allen have to say this before in pressers after games where I just felt like I had to get it all right there. I felt like I wanted to like end the game right there, and I need to be more disciplined. I need to take what the defense gives me. And he just, yeah. he just didn't like, like they got the first, first down and then he drops back and there, nobody knows what he's looking for. There's a dude open in the flat. There's a dude open in the intermediate route and he's just glued downfield until he gets sacked second and the first second and 17, you know, obviously he chucks that ball, forced it into double coverage. It's almost picked off third down. He throws that duck that should have been shot out of the air, out of bounds. They're punting and it's, and that was the game. The game was right there on a platform. Yeah.
1: You know, I've been thinking about that since we talked earlier and part of that could be, we've, we've mentioned all the injuries that happened in the secondary. So in your mind, you know, you want to be the quarterback that exposes players that are fresh off the sideline. So that could have been part of his thinking, taking those shots yeah I'll, let's let's skip on the segment thoughts of the game my god i'm just like reeling of like living it all over
0: <laughs> that's funny well, there's a couple quick there's a couple questions i can throw up here um obviously we're going to get to this play you know what does john think of the holds on the henry t- touchdown i think for the most part you're pretty much burned out on that one because it's been all over social media today and i'm i'm culprit number one you know of putting it out yeah, there on social the media, <laughs> like, like bringing bringing uh whatchamacallit uh just awareness to it this is good what did you think of uh well oh, i the- want to address that too. that oh, was go a ahead. Super yep. shot,
1: right so who was that
0: uh it was uh scott brown
1: hey scott so uh there, there's a rub on this kind of thing right so uh you look at where the back judge was positioned and micah hyde could have obscured that the view but there were two holds on the play right one um uh one on um
0: Tredavious,
1: Tredavious White, White, in addition yeah. to the obvious one on Poyer, which was a tackle. Right. So the, the question to me doesn't become how does he miss it or what have you. It's what's your job as a back judge on a running play when the entire secondary is up where the front seven is? You know, why aren't you looking for that? So that, that to me is kind of like a referendum on the officials. Like they need to address that. This is your job. You are the back judge. You're looking between the tackles. And, you know, we all we all look for the, the jersey tug, and then once you start to see the side of the shoulder, should have been an easy call. So yeah, we've, we've kicked it to death, but I want to know why, you know, how, how come the official, first of all, why isn't the back judge coming up from that depth?
0: There's the picture right there. and You Sweet. can
1: see right there, you know, once a guy's shoulder starts curling in like that, that's bad, that's bad. <laughs>
0: and you you thought when we talked earlier today that that Micah Hyde blocked the frame like that so he
1: did a little bit earlier right. from the from the end zone view behind the offense but from this view it just makes it even worse
0: and he gets literally rolled around you can't see his glove cuz it's the same color as that uh, offensive lineman's pants but his, his his hand is right there and then Poyer gets rolled around and tackled and basically squashed on the ground and it's just yeah it's just it just, it was just not great as far as that goes. It just, it just wasn't great, but that's, so that's, that's a question. There's another question here. I'll, I'll throw up real quick, which is uh, just uh, what was your thoughts on the Bills run blocking in this football game?
1: Yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. Um, You know, there, there were a couple of negative yardage plays and I I just had a chance to review one of them and it really wasn't the offensive line. You know, some of the sets that we run with a, with a wing position and we use our receivers to block quite a bit. So you know, th- there was a failure out in space on on non-offensive line type players. Uh, so everybody just has to get better. Uh, by and large, though, I mean, when we needed a good run, we got them. You and I, you know, you went off on uh, why do we run the ball a little bit? But, you know, you also answered your own question when you take away Henry's touchdown run his average Mm -hmm. drops to like 3.3 yards a carry or 3.5 yards a carry and if you take the other the other only really you know decent run that he had it drops down to like 2.7 right so you know you it's it works the same in reverse too if you take away two of the negative yardage plays that we had you know our average goes up considerably so I think I think uh, I thought it was okay I didn't think it was great that defensive front was better than the last couple that
0: we faced sure i think i think for me it was i agree that we need to run the ball more effectively not more um wholeheartedly agree especially to jay spencer king's point that he makes all the time in the playoffs you know the the run game is important in the playoffs balance is important on both sides of the ball as well as you know between the two phases uh, you know on offense the problem that i have is it seems like they're running the ball in obvious times, which makes no sense to me, number one. So they're running draw plays in first and 10, draw plays in second and eight, and they're just not getting, they're not going anywhere. And then the other thing for me that I think I find most frustrating, and I ranted on it a little bit yet in yesterday's show, in the post-game show, was they give the ball early. They always start the game with Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is the back in the first half. And Devin Singletary... What three out of the six games? Four of the six six games seemed like he had a hot hand. Was and last night was no different. The five carries he had, or whatever it was, he averaged almost six yards a carry. Was running all over the place, and then sure enough, the second half they bring in Zach Moss, and Zach Moss is like you know stumbling after a yard and a half. And I don't.
1: Yeah, it's it's really weird with those two. I mean, you know, some games Zach ends up being the better runner, and the others it's Devin. I don't. I I'm not going to disagree with you. I don't understand the change. Um, I know Zach is a kind of a player they put in into situational player. Um, it's hard to know. Yeah, it it really is. And unless he comes up, Devin Singletary comes up on an injury report, or He's been nursing something that we don't know about. Then, you know, we'll never understand that decision.
0: I guess the question is for me, and I'm, I'm asking myself this more than I'm asking you this, but isn't it possible to still be run or pass first, right? So everything that we saw in 2020, use the pass to set up the run, and just be more effective in the run. So not change necessarily, I don't I don't mean schemes, but not change necessarily your numbers, your ratios from last year. Still be the guy that's throwing the ball all over the football field, but when you do run it like you did last year, be better at it. Why does being more effective mean, well, that means I have to run on first down now? even though they're
1: expecting it. Well, yeah, I mean, but let's be fair. I was charting out the first drive, and I didn't chart it all out, but on the first drive before the field goal, um, every single... I'm sorry, two of the six first-down plays, let's say it was a Beasley pass, Diggs pass, Josh Allen scramble, Josh Allen scramble, Josh Allen keep, and then... Devin Singletary run mm-hmm. so that there's balance there. know, yeah. I didn't really charted it out, but the answer to your question is yeah, if it works, I mean, yeah, I think what the problem though, Joe, is you always want to establish the run early or at least a run look so you can use play action, which has been reasonably effective with us for us. That's point right. Number one point. Number two is you don't just flip a switch and run the ball like Spence and I want to in the playoffs. You got to work. It. You got to practice. It. So.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. We need to jump over to the good. So I'm going to let you go first, even though you went first on the last one too. And then uh, I'll go first on the, what we, what we need work in the next segment. But uh, what was the good in this football game for you?
1: Well, I think by and large, our secondary played really good. I think our linebacker play was solid from Tremaine Edmonds standpoint on the defensive side of the ball. The kicking game, our returns would have been fantastic, despite uh, you know Andre Smith's holding penalties. <laughs> so that that's not bad. We kicked the ball well, reasonably well, and not no issues there with bass. Um, offensively, our our receivers were were pretty damn good. Yeah, you yeah. Argue, you can't argue with that. Uh, the I think the offensive line was passable. Uh, they had a couple struggles. I did go back and looked at that play we talked about earlier, and it was a game between uh, Morse and Feliciano where Morse didn't get the depth that we talked about. So mm-hmm. they couldn't exchange the game between the rushing linebacker and the down lineman. Um, but really those are my takeaways. Those That was the good. And I know people are screaming at me right now. Josh had what, 68% completion. 74. 74. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't fall into that cat. I mean, it was okay because of what we'll talk about when we go to needs work.
0: Yeah. What do you think?
1: Are you on the same level as me? Are you going to add a little (laughs) rinklet? Rinklets. No, I mean,
0: the best part about this football game to me was the competitive nature of it. Um, You know, anytime the Buffalo Bills are going to lose a football game, you know, I would prefer the wheels don't come off and we don't lay an egg, right? I would rather lose... I went back and forth. This this game for me ended not exactly like the Hale Murray pass did, where I was just standing there stunned in silence. But it was a close second, like when Josh did not. Josh walks up to the line fourth and six inches, and in my mind, it's automatic. It's almost third and seventeen. Josh third and seventeen for the most part, usually that we got that we got that play in our bag. If it's fourth and six inches, to me. That's like Josh Allen Moneymaker right there. Like that's what he does. So I was overly confident that he was gonna get that six inches, if not score on the play. And literally my head was forward. My brain was already in the kickoff. Like, how do we do this without leaving any time on the kickoff? Because God knows I don't they've already tried the home run throw throwback in this stupid game. And I don't want to have this thing repeat itself and it happen again to us, especially after McKenzie just ran one back for a touchdown that got called back, unfortunately. The competitive the competitiveness of this game for me was probably the best thing about it. The fact that it was back and forth. It was a slug fest. The Bills didn't give up. Obviously I feel lost in just that one sequence the 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 drive before the last drive that the Bills had when and we already talked about it. I don't understand what was going on there and why Dable wasn't in his ear just like look to the flat bro. Look to the flat I mean he's got he's got his he's right to 15 seconds I think he can talk to him Good stuff. I thought I loved Tremaine Edmonds playing this football game. I thought Tremaine Edmonds c- continued to have a solid game. No, he is not a disruptor. He is not a havoc wreaker. He's not the guy that's going to completely blow up another team's offense, but he is vital to what's happening on this football team on defense. You well, say- uh, yeah, you
1: say that, but I don't think that's what this league really needs anymore. I mean, you need a guy that can support the run, but also has the range to play in that, you know, five to 12 yard drop area. That's yeah. the biggest problem. Like if I was reincarnated to play football again, the last position I would wanna play on the field is linebacker. It's yeah. expectation that you have, you can run like a deer and cover these guys, but also step up and take on huge offensive linemen and, and tackle guys like Derrick Henry. And he yeah. really kind of mashes both of those together as well as anybody that we see playing football today. And then with the complement of Milano being able to, you know, uh, rush, uh, that takes that leaves him in the secondary. Even though you know Milano's success on in the last game wasn't great, but that's that's where Tremaine lives, and he does it well. Yeah. And it provides almost like a linebacker DB, linebacker DB.
0: Yeah. Richard Rush asked a question, and I'm just going to do it for clarification. That play that you were talking about, where uh, Mongo was passing off to Morse. That's the one where Josh Allen got sacked, right? So uh, uh, Feliciano moved his man, uh, and then Morris got spun around, and then uh, ended up chasing the defensive lineman to Josh Allen. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was the play, and the 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 part about the play that's really hard is you've got this, um, you know, you've got the guy at the line of scrimmage, and you've got a backer coming. And you really, you know, you had the tackle come into Feliciano's shoulder, right? And then the and then the linebacker came up field. The problem was something kept Morse at the line of scrimmage while Feliciano was going back. So as 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 Morse is sitting at the line and Feliciano is coming back, when that tackle presses the inside shoulder. Morse can't really take him over in front of him, right? So as a center, I want to come back and be able to reach my hand out and pull this guy into me. But instead, he's on his back shoulder. Mm. So now Feliciano's taking the the linebacker who's got some good speed, and he's penetrating that gap. Mm. Or sorry, the defensive tackle's penetrating that gap. And Feliciano's like, take him, take him, take him, take him, take him, because I have to leave and go get this guy. But Felice, or Morse couldn't take him over because he didn't have enough depth. Yeah. So we call that sugaring. Don't get mm. sugared at the line. So if you've got a guy on you, especially a guard or a center, and you come up to pass pro and he kind of sits there and does this kind of jump around thing, you immediately have to take a step back because you want to stay on the same level or just, just in front of the guard. But what happens if you have this kind of spread, you create the seam between you. And that, that, you know, Josh could have got rid of the ball. He could have scrambled, you know, a number of things can happen. This, this kind of thing happens pretty often. If you're watching the game, like I do right up front, right. Um, right. It's a, it was a good trick Yeah. and it's a hard trick to handle, but Morse has got to get depth.
0: Gotcha. Before we move on to what needs work, uh, I, I want to address one play, Real quick, and that was the one that the uh, the announcers talked about, and it, it came up on Twitter a little bit today. And I just want to, like, give the rules to the people that are listening, and you can affirm, confirm, or correct me if I'm wrong. But as it pertains to ineligible receivers downfield with the offensive line, the rule is that the, the offensive lineman cannot be more than a yard beyond the line of scrimmage unless they're engaged, right, with a defensive player blocking, actively blocking, up into the point of the throw, uh, the ball being thrown. So if we watch this play, and I'll pause it as soon as Josh lets it go, which is right there, his release is so fast, you look and every, well, not every one of them, three of them are about two and a half to three yards downfield. Now, this was the point where the announcer said the Bills need to be careful on these RPOs because the, the offensive linemen are getting too far downfield. This could be called at any point because they're, they're ineligible receivers downfield. The problem is, is that's BS, that's bunk, it's not true. All three of these guys are engaged in a block at the point that the ball comes out, which is what the ref was looking at. He was actually down here on the bottom of the screen, staring right at it. Yes, no.
1: Yeah, I, look, this this will bite everybody in the butt too. Anybody that runs this play, because what could happen is that the coverage is tighter, and Josh holds the ball, and immediately, all, all of a sudden, you know, Dion or uh, Daryl Williams is. Now he's on. Now he's not engaged, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. But I, I, I one the... of the zebras right. right at this moment, right here. And if Josh had had to hold the ball, you're kind of screwed. But remember, the title of the play is RPO, run pass option, right? So the right. guys up front they don't they don't know whether the ball is going to get off to Singletary or Moss. So you're playing it like a run,
0: yeah. and your
1: quarterback is reading it based on what kind of cushion that the DB is giving him how it looks right on the free release or right quick on the release. Is this guy going to come open? Um that's why otherwise the offensive lineman would be selling the run, but you know, coming off and then stopping. Mm-hmm. So it looks to me like it's a 50-50, but you can't not block the run. You can't only go, okay, well now we got to stop here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What is what is this cue? Because we saw we saw on the uh the the Tannehill touchdown run. Uh, obviously it was Mario Addison. So Tannehill puts the ball out, right? RPO, I, I believe is what it was, what the, what the play was, puts the ball out. Addison just chases Derrick Henry straight to the middle of the field. And you saw Tannehill tell his coach on the sideline, you, you could read his read his mouth almost like he went this way. And I went that way with the ball and he was kind of laughing about it. What is the key? Is it just that one read on that end? Is that, is it the only read he has? Like, what is he, what is Josh looking for there?
1: Well, see, that, that's the problem is the terminology. Everybody likes to say RPO because it sounds a lot cooler than saying zone read, but they're two different exactly. plays, right? So right. zone read is a run, you know, is a dedicated run. You're either giving it or you're pulling it, right? If you're going to run RPO, that's run pass options. So Correct. they're really not used interchangeably. So the way it kind of diagrams is the quarterback is basically reading you know, he steps over here and his eyeballs are on the end. Mm. So we don't, we don't block the end, right? Mm-hmm. Now if the end crashes, if the end comes down the line of scrimmage, right? If he crashes down, yep. then the quarterback pulls and runs out. But if the end plays upfield, then he hands the ball off and the seam is right in here.
0: I think that the sad part about that stupid play is had he handed the ball off, Henry scores. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they got you. I mean, it's hard to defend when you're inside the five- or seven-yard line or wherever the hell it was. Yeah, But, yeah, I mean, just recognizing. So the one where Josh threw it is an RPO. Mm. That play was a zone read. Yeah. And you can – you know, that that's a testament to the athleticism we see at the quarterback position. You know, that's a play that was stolen from college. You know, that Oregon ran that, you know, 15 years ago. Gotcha.
0: So getting transitioning now to the work that needs to be done for this football team. Uh, We we don't like the vernacular bad. So we've made it the work. What does this team need to work on? So for me, I'm struggling with the fact that the Bills allowed one rushing touchdown. And it's not because they played slouch running backs necessarily. They had some good teams in there that can run the football. They, They allowed one rushing touchdown this season. They allowed four in this football game. I know it's Derrick Henry, but I don't believe – I'm not buying the narrative that Derrick Henry ate their lunch, that somehow he had the game of his life against him. He had two good plays, two good runs. One of them we're going to look at here in a second, and the other one, you know, we can talk about it. I don't have the video for the other one. Uh, but by and large, the Bills kind of contained him if you remove those two plays. those What is it? It's 90-something. Yeah, hours. I mean, you're parsing it out,
1: which is what they're going to do. I mean, you, you have to parse it out, especially if you're coach. Look, we, we had two failures. Uh, yeah. On the run, but what those two really successful runs and the fact that it's Derrick Henry who has a reputation for gaining yards and being tough to take down mm-hmm. it, that did open up their play action pass. So I, I agree. The narrative isn't isn't really accurate that, you know, he destroyed us uh, if you parse it, which is how people like you and I look, but people who look didn't watch the game and look at the stat sheet say, oh, wow, Derrick Henry just destroyed these guys.
0: Yeah, three touchdowns, 140 something yards. What were your feelings? Because I also was not overly happy with the defensive line play, just in general. You know, you're talking about a guy coming in that's been sacked 20 times, one in every 10 dropbacks. They don't sack him once. What was your feeling when you saw that AJ Epinesa, in particular, was an act uh, uh, a healthy scratch in this football game?
1: Well, I, I think that was probably a play because a play meaning a decision based on the fact that Derrick Henry is a big back and mm. their offensive line really played well. I, I mean, I went back and watched it. They, they're very good technicians. And I don't think that that is really the place where we want uh, Epinesa. Frankly. First,
0: first time this year where they, that was the first time this season that they played well. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that, that may be true. I'm, I'm talking more or less about the run game. Yeah. They did play well in the pa- in pass protection too. Our guys didn't get free. You know, mm-hmm. our plan wasn't strong enough and we didn't execute it well enough. Even when we brought pressure, which was not very often, it wasn't very successful. Yeah. Um, so I would agree with you. I mean, needs work. How do we play championship caliber up front with our front four in a championship game? Because make no mistake about it, tight games like this are championship type games. And when you are – Odds on favorite to win your division and go deep in the playoffs. That's what people do. They play championship level against you, even when they're not championship caliber. Right. Team. Right. Um, so that needs work. Mentally, you know, you've got to re- like kind of redress. What could I do better? Mm. Um, Josh Allen needs work. Uh, and everybody, well, I mean, you know, people are throwing things at me right now 74%, whatever it was. But the problem with the 74% is it could have been 80 you know, he had he had a number of balls that were just kind of head scratchers to open guys that were incomplete balls. He had a number of opportunities to hit open guys in the flat that we talked about, I think two that really pop out. I didn't chart the game uh, like I normally do. But that's the point, the championship mentality. If you're going to go deep and you're going to win the big one, Josh has to make those throws. So 74% is great. But – at the loss of three more percentage points because of those throws, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's what we need. Mm -hmm. And and he's got to figure that out up in here. Like you said, well, you know, I tried to get it all in one play here and there. That's him carrying too much burden. Yeah. Take what you can get. Uh, What else needs work? No, the offensive line still needs work. You know, the run game uh, needs work. I know it's a week off. It's a, it's a rest week, get healthy kind of thing, but you know whether that's run game philosophy or technical reps, it needs mm. to get better. You know, Josh, Josh needs to make those throws. The offensive line needs to get better. Um, the defensive line, and, and as the offensive line gets better, the run game improves. So yeah. these combination blocks between center, guard, guard, tackle, um, the sustaining of blocks, uh, that that can all get improved. And when that improves, then the run game improves.
0: When we're talking about this defensive line, we'll we'll pull up the play that you know a lot of people are talking about, but for different reasons. We're going to talk about just Greg Rousseau, who is right here on the end, and basically what happened here. And it was funny because after this play, he was getting coached up quite a bit, um, which alerted me to this concept and this idea as a fan that maybe he didn't do something right. But I think you have a different opinion, so I'm going to let this run here, and this is the long play from Derek Henry. And you see Rousseau get crushed and then Derek Henry gets free. Now, we're not going to talk necessarily about the, the penalties, but.
1: All right. Can uh, you freeze it right there? Yep. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to uh, disagree with that. I mean, this is an extension issue. So, if you look, if, if we're playing gap control, you see the tight end there, right? So, you've got um, Jordan Poyer out in space. And yep. then you've got another support player w- outside wide as well. So if you're playing gaps, really.
0: Levi Wallace is going to be out there to the right.
1: All right. Levi Wallace is out there. So if we're playing gap control, you just count gaps. Now, where I would agree with the coaching on this is you don't want to get washed down if he can, if he can extend. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you want to be able to do is manage your gap, but with full extension, because that gives you the opportunity to shed. So right now, when you run this play, you're going to see he's collapsed. So, he doesn't have a chance freeze it when, uh, you know, a couple, three or four steps in. So, when, once, his, once his arms get collapsed, he has no way. So, he looks like he's in good position here. He peaks. Now, right, this is where you could say he shouldn't be peaking. He should be kind of maintaining that inside position, but with greater extension. Mm-hmm. And then he can shed either way. Now, in all likelihood, if he's, if he has that and he sheds, you know, this might be a gain of 10 or 12 yards. He can slow down Derrick Henry at the line, but instead he doesn't get a hand on him. Right. But the mugging on 15 on Poirier, I mean, it starts early and it goes long. Now, I don't think the back judge right here is gonna make this call uh, from that distance, but in the next few steps, I feel like he should be coming up making that call because right here, this is the shot that we looked at earlier right where he finally has a view of it but the problem is you know his eyes have gone somewhere else the back judge
0: yeah there's just a there's a moment here where he's like literally tackled and poyer's reaching out for him i think the question i have is what causes 87 to completely annihilate rousseau like he just crushes him at this point and i don't know if it's because he tries to bend back No, well, i disagree his, with
1: you i mean i don't think that's an annihilation or a crush right i think you know you he might had, be right
0: you might be right he gave
1: up a little bit of his gap um He came in too quick and he's just got to be a little bit more patient. I mean, patience is the key. And, you know, this is Derrick Henry doesn't, it's interesting. I mean, he's a powerful guy, but he's a good reader too. So that's why a lot of, you know, I'm going to say a lot of his plays, but some of his plays, the ones that you don't like when we run them, Get stopped at the line because you're picking and choosing your gaps. So I don't ever think he really hits the line at, you know, full speed like Thurman used to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. Thurman would take that and he was, he was at full speed, still three yards beyond the line of scrimmage or four yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Um, he had his gap. He just didn't have himself in the right position. It's because he should have been kind of, in my opinion, I could be wrong. He should have been extended on, on, um, the tight end. Yeah. And in a position where, you know, he probably got collapsed, maybe half a yard more than he should have.
0: Gotcha. And then on the other one that I don't have the video for, which is basically where he just talk about that one, the other long run where he's, he's out in space. Right. (laughs) And Terry Henry's just like,
1: (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah. So that was, you know, I I got, I would have to go back and look at the play, but when we talked about it earlier, the question is, is that zone read? If that zone read, you it, it's a kiss me deadly right you either take quarterback or you take running back but if if they don't have a, a lot of zone read you can't be coming up field you've got to you've got to skate down the line of scrimmage and stay flat so I would say that was a far bigger error on Greg's part if indeed that was the play than the touchdown
0: well what what happened was and I don't it's hard to do this backwards but like literally if if Rousseau is out here right he's on that end the whole entire line went, I'm sorry, went this way. Yeah, and, and he came up field. And he was out here by himself standing up and the gap was about that big. <laughs> yeah, but the problem upfield. was,
1: if you go back and look at it, he actually came up field a few steps.
0: Yes, yes. So
1: when when play goes away, you're supposed to, you know, maybe be a half yard deep, but closing.
0: Right. So once right.
1: you get upfield, it doesn't matter how much you close because the lane is there already gotcha so if you if you come up field play goes away you gotta you gotta sit and then compress
0: gotcha gotcha uh last one that we're going to talk about as far as play goes and things that potentially need work is obviously you know this is this is that play right the one that we want to talk about and i know you want to talk about specifically just dn dawkins's footwork and then uh, just some other stuff so i'm gonna let just this first part run it's just melee You really can't see anything but you can really get a good look in the overhead which is right here
1: yeah well i mean dion's technique isn't great but if you look at the alignment here you know josh is looking at this film today and saying why the hell didn't i go right i mean daryl williams is your biggest best blocker he's got a one technique and in the end is head up to outside on spencer brown so the natural soft spot should be you know, Morse right to to Williams. I mean, I look at that and I'm like, this is an easy one. Whereas on the left side, uh, Simmons is is in the gap. This is a really, really, really hard block for Deion Dawkins. He doesn't help himself because he takes a bucket step. Bucket step. What does that mean? You either step underneath yourself or you step back. Right now, he's got to have a position. His feet are too... Too much like this. He, his feet should be evened up a little bit more, more weight on his outside leg. So on the snap of the ball, what he needs to do is get his head across. I mean, it, it's really like you're a sacrificial lamb here. Mm. But you you will have no luck. He he doesn't impact Simmons at all because he, he doesn't get his head across the bow. And that – Simmons is going to be in there regardless. But if you can right. take a little bit off him – it doesn't help that Josh slips I don't like his footwork here to me on this play I'm sorry you know yell at me if you want this is 70 percent on Josh Allen you know he did he's he's got to get a foot or two right here this is the point where you just you bury and go and he hops and reads and then tries to restart and slips I'm just not a fan if it's fourth and one, maybe that's a better play. But on fourth and one or fourth and two, yep, you're right not going right. to get that. Likely, you're not going to get that compression of this front like that. Yep. You,
0: you almost got to wonder: should he have gone around the backside of Tommy Sweeney at that point when he popped up? No,
1: right no, there. hate that. Those guys like that are ever. too quick. They react too well. And now you got a tight end trying to block a guy who's a you know a little bit. Faster. You say it looks like it now because the linebacker came into support right behind Simmons. So it right, looked like right. Sweeney had a block, but you'd almost be better off running this as a true option, blocking down with Daryl pulling the guard. Sweeney could influence the, the, the linebacker outside and you could pitch it. But, you know, if you're going to run a sneak, I'm sorry. And UCLA did this about uh, five weeks ago against Fresno State, and I almost mm-hmm. had a heart attack. Uh, DTR did the same thing he pulled back except he Mm. went all the way outside the formation lost a yard and got decapitated so Josh I'm sure he's saying why the hell and you look at look at the
0: right right here
1: positioning, the body positioning of the guys too. the two the guy in the nose and to the left side their body weight are, are, are all going forward they're coming forward 93 or whatever his number is he's in kind of more of a frog position he doesn't look like he's coming off as hard. And th- this this film right here represents what i'm saying
0: yeah simmons literally is about to catch josh allen so like he he literally just like he dips inside dawkins and and rolls dawkins while he's catching josh allen and if you look to the right above like between brown and, and to your point and williams all that real estate right there so up in that why corner. is spencer
1: brown even doing that right so he, he's- why are
0: they all crashing down
1: no 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 so my point is like he realizes that he doesn't even have his guy he doesn't even have to block his guy he knows this is going up the middle so he sees josh coming inside he's going to do a spencer brown where he's going to try to fly over and and mash the pile which i think is brilliant but even so the two guys look the stuff the film right there look where darrell williams guy is yeah he's squatting on the goal line yeah so Darrell,
0: yeah. Williams won his rep. <laughs> He's the only, well, Morris didn't do too bad, but Darrell Williams won his rep. Literally what does Yeah, it, but, it, but you're
1: forgetting what you're forgetting is Josh Allen is a big, strong runner. Right. So if he heads right off of Morris's cheek, his right cheek, it's going to be hand here or shoulder here pushing as well. Now, Morris probably weighs 285, 295, Josh Allen weighs, you know, to 40. 20, to 30, you, they outweigh that group. And Daryl Williams pushing right there. There's the seam. Yep,
0: yep, yep. All right, so we got a super chat from uh, Pam Madonna. Uh Pam, if you've got a comment that you would like to throw in there, uh, let me know or a question, and I will uh, toss it up there. But uh, we, we're running out of time. Jay Spence's uh Jay Spent the King uh, and Code of Conduct is coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. So, oh, yep, here's your her question. So I'm going to throw this up here real quick. Uh, Thank you, Pam, for the comment or the question. How do we feel about the next four easier games and then face the Saints primetime? I almost wish our next game was tougher. Um, yeah, I don't.
1: I mean, and they're all tougher anyway. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, I hate to disagree with you, Pam. I'm, you know, I mean, you've righted my ship so many other occasions in our <laughs> conversations, you know, clearly happy being wrong talking to you. But it's, again, what we go back to and say, well, oh, we got the easiest schedule. It's the top of the easiest schedule list. You still have to win those games with a target on your back. Mm -hmm. Um, And who cares if if they do end up being easy games and we win four and we're going into the Saints, confidence matters, right? Um, I was going to text you during the game last night. These are my text fingers. (laughs) I was going to text you during the game last night. Where the momentum, which apparently some people think doesn't exist, was clearly the pendulum swung toward the Tennessee tuxedos. And I I want to say, oh, there's no momentum anywhere. It was obvious. You could feel it.
0: It's in my notes from last night. I don't remember exactly where it was, but I, 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 I literally made a note, and I was I talked about it last night. It was like you could feel it. You could feel the energy change. the really? the, the The demeanor of the Titans was different. The crowd was reacting different, and the Bills kind of were reacting different. We have another super chat.
1: Yeah, well, back to just real quick to, to close out Pam's question. You don't know which of those teams, which is playing poorly, is going to have a turnaround. I mean, those guys mm-hmm. have pride too. Yeah. So I think yeah. Pam mentally, you got to approach every game as if you were playing. Uh, Tennessee or Kansas City or the Chargers, you know, anybody that that comes at us, you you just have to imagine that this is their Super Bowl. We used to say that all the time my rookie year. Oh, God, we're playing Indianapolis, but it's their Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, So we have to come back with the same attitude, the one that, you know, we should have started the season with. This is our Super Bowl. Every game is your Super Bowl
0: super good eric farrell with super chat eric thanks so much for the super chat and uh, being a part of the show this is my new favorite show john is salve for the soul of a bills fan i've never heard that phrase before
1: salve, uh, salve for the soul you never heard that
0: uh, no uh i so i've heard of chicken chicken soup for the soul um i so appreciate how he feels uh, the same pain we all do well john is bill's mafia that is absolutely true any interest in coaching in the college of the pros john
1: are you hiring <laughs> um, yeah so i mean we all get melancholy right i mean every every guy who spent an extended time in buffalo especially for my generation uh non-drought years even though i started the drought um you you just you definitely have to get right with any loss mm. and i think the best way to be a fan is get right with any win and i think that's what our show is all about too even in the winds you know, we're looking at ways to get better, and where you might be disappointed. Uh, I I gotta tell you, I I would love to coach in college or the pros. That what I don't like is the idea of moving every four and a half years, because that's typically what you know coaches' lifespan looks like. Uh, wow. There are rare occasions where coaches spend uh, six to ten years in one location, but how many how many coaches have been in one place for? 10 years or more. I mean,
0: Tom, Tom Tomlin's crew, Tomlin. right? Yeah, crew is about it. I mean, even Andy Reid got fired.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you and you have to be able to live with that kind of thing. And then you relocate. relocated. So I've talked to a number of coaches before and uh, a lot of Christmas parties. And sometimes you get to know the coaches wives and everybody kind of runs together as a pack, you know because when you get, all right, I get hired as the offensive line and coach in Buffalo. Mm. I'll take that. Uh, you get hired <laughs> in Buffalo to be the offensive line coach and you're kind of like, well, who am I going to make friends with that? I'm not going to say goodbye to and three and a half to five and a half right. years.
0: Right, 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 right,
1: So, You know, you have to, you have to definitely have the right partner in life to make a, a decision to be a coach and coaching hours can be onerous. Um, um, they can be very, very long technology I think has made them better and, uh, analysts and quality control Coaching staff members have made it easier, but the the amount of burden just getting through the film and developing game plans and things of that nature, you know, would take coaches, you know, into the 10 p.m. hour every day of the season. Wow. You know? And that's that's a lot. You know, wave goodbye to your family, right? I got four yeah. kids. Now would be the time when I would start that, but now, I mean, I'm look how old I am. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> you're a young pup so we got a couple minutes left before the uh, code of conduct comes on so we got we got to dip out of here but uh when it comes to expectations talk to us real quick because you're the one that knows uh what are the buffalo bills what are the players and the coaching staff what are they doing during this bye week coming off of this loss like where what are they working on what are they thinking about where what's the head check
1: yeah i mean it's, it's hard to know what the schedule is but they probably got through the film today they probably said goodbye show back up on um on friday And we'll do some abbreviated work. You, you can't, you know, you can't wear guys out, you know, it's a long season. So you got to give them that little bit of freedom to fly Mm -hmm. off and see their families, go home, do whatever they're going to do. So they could be back as early as Thursday for practice, maybe just two days off, three days off. Mm -hmm. I kind of get the feeling that McDermott would be like that, you know, this is the year, right? So if, if you think there's value, in truncating the, uh, the the time off for travel for guys, this would be the year to do it. What gotcha. are they thinking? They're gonna be, there's gonna be some film review. There's gonna be some hard conversations um, mm. that people have with themselves and that coaches have with players. Uh, I think, um, you know, Andre Smith is probably thinking, oh my God, trade deadline's coming up. I, I'm probably part of a conversation. <laughs> I had two holds that, that affected the game.
0: That hurt the team. Uh, one one of them potentially lost the game because it, does he not hold on that Isaiah McKenzie touchdown run like uh, kickoff return for a touchdown that could be the game right there that could right? be the game that could be the game
1: yeah you know, you know th- that was um, arguably some of the value that I brought to the Bills when I was there I was a low penalty player I played mm-hmm. I started for what nine years in Buffalo and I think I had seven holding penalties that's it wow. Yeah, I mean, I I probably if if it were a stat, if anybody ever really cared and looked it up, I think probably for the number of games I played and the number of holding penalties I had, I'm probably the leader or the loser, or whatever.
0: <laughs> Close to the top, somewhere at so the top. It's just
1: as important, you know, those plays are huge. I mean, yeah, that that yeah. was that was a devastating, and then you know, everybody who watched it on TV saw the flag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah, and you just I just closed my eyes and. And by the way, we lost the game because of my surgeon friend in Iowa, David Cadigan. The last 11 games that he's gone to, the Bills are like um, like 4-7. and seven. So, Dave Cadigan, if you're listening out there, um, no more traveling. Sorry. I, 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 also,
0: I also wore the same shirt that I wore to the home opener that we lost to against the Steelers, which is a brand-new shirt that I bought two weeks before the season started. So it might parse I mean, You're
1: going to have to like put like paper clips or safety <laughs> pins right so this is the shirt or you take that damn shirt and you put it in a ziplock and you put it in the attic until you know <laughs> you put yourself like a little google google calendar reminder to take it out like february 15th you know start wearing it again that it's all your damn fault if they
0: if they lose one more game like to the dolphins i'm gonna have to pull out the bohorka's shirt because i think it was seven and seven and one or eight and one in the Bahorkas shirt, but. Uh, we got to get out of here, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Phoenix show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, brought to you by Q42. What is Q42? Well, Q42 is a uh, all-natural, uh, all-Western New York barbecue sauce, Casey barbecue and uh, uh, what's Carolina. The- Carolina gold. Uh, all the ingredients are right here from Western New York. Uh, you can, if you're looking for some barbecue sauce, it's really good. John and I can both tell you. Go over to Q42BBQ.com, use the promo code Phoenix Show, get 15% off of your order. It's super good. Go there and support them. Buffalo Zone 42, Buffalo's on the fourth 42nd 40, 40 parallel. That's where the 42 comes in. So Q42. Uh, any last comments?
1: Yeah, I just uh, love doing the show. I hope everybody out there is enjoying it. Thank you for listening live. Thank you for downloading the podcast and listening while you drive. Uh, Hopefully I'm bringing a different perspective, making Joe think outside the box and correcting some of his ridiculous thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, look, ever hopeful. We got a team that we can root behind, mourn the loss for for maybe five more minutes and uh, prepare for the next one. Prepare your fandom for the next one. Hey, Bill's Mafia, Let's go, Bills,
0: baby. Go, Go Bills. See you guys next time.